Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, guys, coming in with a new episode from Six Pack Discussions. You got Cody and Jared sitting here in the hot seats, as always. <laughs> we are drinking Desert Vibes Mexican Lager from State 48 Brewery. We'll give you guys a rating in uh, 20 minutes or so. Picked up by Jared, actually, on this one, right? Yeah, can't, can't go worse than last episode. That is true. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, no, you actually can't go worse on yours. I, would, I did 1-0. Yeah. I did a 1-0. Um, what are we talking about today, Jared? Today we're going to be talking about Social Security, uh, maybe its origins, um, its intended purpose, maybe some of the consequences that weren't necessarily realized at the time of creation. And uh, I'm sure, you know, we're going to put our king on a hat day, or king for a day hats on, I'm sorry, and uh, maybe give a couple of uh, courses our, of action we could talk. Wave Ten. our magic wands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this one, uh, this one's an interesting one. I think this one comes up. Every election cycle. Well, you and I have talked about this before. Oh, yeah. Like, when I was doing research, I was like, I've made this point before. 100%. We, we've just talked about it outside the podcast. It's just an easy conversation because I think so many, it, it is so large that it just can't be not talked about. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, it is a quarter of our budget. Um, but real quick, maybe we should define what Social Security is. I don't know if you want to or I got a definition here. You want me to? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Good. Okay. Good yeah, real quick, guys. If you don't know what Social Security is, me and Jared are kind of starting off saying that we, you know most people do, and I think most people do. Yeah. Social Security is a pay-as-you-go U.S. program that was signed into law back in 1935 um, with FDR, with a lot of the big social programs, um, you know, in the New Deal. The goal of the program was to provide benefits to retirees and those who were unemployed at the time due to normally their age. Lump sum benefits uh, could also be paid upon death to help offset, uh, offset some of the individual's final cost. Um, if you think of like funeral cost, uh, maybe a, a widow would have to pay. So really, this is like a a welfare type program, you could say, a social based program. And then uh, I read on a couple different sources, its intent is to replace forty percent of your income, right? I think today you may say that but yeah. when it was originally built definitely not no 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 but that's what i'm saying got it uh, today today's world yeah about 40% of your retirement uh wages mm-hmm. of what you would need to have a a, a nice standard living yep. okay so the one thing that i had to do a little more research is this term i don't know if you heard about this pay as you go what does that mean it's very odd language i've never seen a government program state that but a pay as you go program did you kind of see this at all or no yeah okay well, <clears throat> what it means, guys, if you're listening, is pay as a go is means that we don't have like a fund or there's not like tax dollars that we're allocating, you know, from last year. It means that funds that are getting paid today are going out the door tomorrow or today, essentially. So let's just say that I am taking Social Security. I'm 65 years old and Jared is currently 30. Well, when he gets his paycheck deducted, his Social Security taxes deducted, his say $2,000 or whatever that amount that he pays is going to go directly to me that month. And so it's a very, um, I don't know how to say, like cash comes in, cash goes out program. There's not really a, a fund per se. Like, what, what do you do with an aging population? There we go. Now <laughs> we have a problem. We have big bubble populations like baby boomers. And we also have a problem because Americans aren't having a lot of babies nowadays. 
We have a very, very low birth rate, yeah. and we've had a low, very low birth rate for the last 20, 30 years, um, with the birth rate hovering below two um, right now. So that means that for every two people that have kids, they're actually having 1.8. So that means that the replacement generation is not occurring. So that means that there's less people paying into the program mm-hmm. than did historically. Mm-hmm. Not saying it's a problem yet, but it, it can start kind of getting into a bubble effect. So the interesting point about the pay as you go is let's say I'm king for a day and I was like, hey, I hate this stuff. I'm doing away with it. What the heck do the other people, you can't wean anyone off then. Tomorrow, no one gets money. Exactly. It's Despite them paying in it for 40 years. 100%. 35 years. You're not really paying into, it's not like any other retirement account where you put money into somewhere and it kind of gains interest over years and then you pull out from it. It's like, it's kind of like a pyramid scheme. If you think about it, like you only get the money out and it's somebody else's money. Bernie Madoff would completely agree with that. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, this is actually a good pyramid scheme. It's a trillion dollar. Yeah. He, I don't even think he made it to trillion. So he could maybe take a page out of FDR's book. Did you see how many people are using social security nowadays? Uh, I, I saw tens of millions. Um, 69 million Americans yeah. currently receive payments. Did you see what the average payment was? I didn't actually know this. 2,400, I think I read. Ooh, I don't have that number. Maybe that's more. Uh, so I had 15, 1,500 bucks huh. as the average American. Now, I did notice it's ranged quite a bit in state per state. Okay. So I wonder if maybe yours was like a California number. Maybe, maybe. mine was Arizona. Maybe it's yeah. way low. Okay. Yeah. Um, sorry, sorry. I don't have that off the top of my head. I, yeah. I wasn't ready for that question. I could have sworn I saw 2400 But let's just say it's around $2,000 a month um, in average wages. That's not what I think most people think that they're going to retire on. $2,000 a month. Mm-mm. Like that's, you know, hopefully you don't have a mortgage payment because that's almost all of your mortgage payment in some cases. Uh, for most houses in Arizona or California for that matter. Yeah. yeah. And so... $2,000 a month, what are you paying for? Groceries, gas, um, your heating and electricity bills. Cable. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you got like 400 500 bucks maybe. And that's not if you have a mortgage. That's yeah. not if you have an auto payment. So mm. like you said, 40% of wages or 40% of what you need really, right? Yeah. So what I had a problem with is, and you actually kind of alluded to it earlier, to where it's not a traditional brokerage account or... or individual retirement account or something like that, or 401k, it's where whenever I'm putting in this money, it's it's reasonable that I put it into a fund, if you will, and then therefore that's a reasonable expectation that fund would grow, you know, via interest and then of course compounding interest. Mm-hmm. So that's actually what I have a problem with, with social security is because I pay into this program for, you know, the 40 credits. And I think you, what you earn a, a credit per quarter that you make X amount, right? And then that's for 10 years. So you get your 40 quarters, your 40 credits, I'm sorry. And let's say I get hit by a bus. I can't pass that down to my children or grandchildren or nieces or nephews or anything like that. And also the, the amount. So as I'm sure we're going to get into a little bit later, you know, you can first get social security, I think, what is that? 62. But if you withhold until 70, that's your, your full amount that you can get. And it compounds 8% that you get on the, on your per, per month basis there. So it's, it can be beneficial. It, it is beneficial monetarily. Of course, we can get into the debate, you know, of, you know, if it's better to get earlier or later, you know, things like that. But let's just say, for example, you, you live to 70. I'm sorry, you withdraw it at 70. What my issue is, is you pay into this program, you pay the, the 6.2%. Did you do the math? I did. Okay, perfect. Because I was about to 
did the math and I was like, maybe Jared already did no, this. No, I did. I did. Okay, cool. So I just took the average. I'm sorry. I took the median 44. income, 44000 And I did the 6.2%. So you would pay $2,700 a year. Over a working... Over 35 years. That's the working lifetime. Okay. Yeah. And I did a reasonable... 35 is actually probably low too. Yeah, probably. Because right? you start working at 20. And you probably retire around 60, so in 65, actually. So it's actually 45. Okay. Right? Thank you. Is I think you're not? right. Hold on. I'm, I'm wrong. Yeah. So 20 to, yeah, duh. I can't do simple math, evidently. So it's, whatever your number is, it's way worse. I just adjusted it now. Okay. So I did it to where you would be contributing this for 45 years. And I did an estimated annual return of 7%, which I think is fair. I think you can really do anywhere between 6 and 8%. It's, it's a reasonable. And then, of course, compounding annual. Go ahead. If you don't mind, what's the amount if I don't compound it, if I don't have any interest? What's just if I put it in a savings account? No inflation, no nothing. I just want to know how much am I giving to Social Security over 45 years? Okay. Let me take that down real quick. So with a rate of return of zero, you would be essentially contributing 125000 125000 Yep. And that's if I retire at 65. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, $125,000. So here's where my problem starts to lie because even a, even a savings account, you would get half a percent or whatever it is, right? But let's, let's say that you conservatively. you conservatively invested this money as you were properly advised to, right? And you get a 7% return over these 45 years. That equates to $840,000. Right under a million bucks. Yeah. And, and that's at an average rate of return. That's an average income with just contributing 6%. So my problem is, is so that's, let's assume I, I start withdrawing at 70 because, you know, every financial guru is saying, oh, you, you really got to maximize your social security benefits. So wait till 70 and you get the full, the full social security benefit, right? The average age of death here in America 79. is 70 or 78.8. Oh, okay. right. So yeah. 79, let's 79. So that nine years, so that 2,400 bucks that I get over those nine years, bear with me guys. So 2,400 bucks a month times 12 times nine years. And that's an average life, right? So that's about a quarter of a million dollars. So my problem is 259,000. So my problem is what in the heck happens to that remaining $500,000? Right, because I, I should have had eight hundred forty thousand in my in my retirement nest egg if I was diligently putting away this twenty seven hundred dollars, right? But I only used, on average, of course, two hundred fifty nine thousand. Yeah, and we've had this conversation. We do the math kind of in, in the background, <clears throat> and why I asked you to give me the number for Social Security because I don't think they're really investing any of those funds. Really, clearly not. Yeah, yeah. And so the hundred twenty five thousand. Here's where I'm wondering how this works, because I just did the math. If you divide that over 14 years, which is if from 65, you start pulling out mm-hmm. from it, and you die at 79, okay. 125 is not that much divided over 14 years. It's a little under $9,000. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't get $9,000. You get $16,000. Mm-hmm. So that means that there's a delta there that someone in the future is paying for. Because mm-hmm. even if you put enough money into that savings account, they're expecting you to die earlier than 79 or they're expecting to pull that money out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the program, and we're going to get to this, is destined to fail. Yeah. And we're going to maybe talk about that a little bit. I actually have some numbers on when it's going to fail. Yeah. And it, it, it's one of those things where with a shrinking population, it, it, it can't not fail. 
hundred percent. And this is where I, I I love your math that you did. And is that was that your long yeah. pitch? I I, I, I knew it'd be a long story. I like the pitch, and hopefully I did a decent job of explaining 100%. it. Hundred percent. It's very difficult to talk in, in that specific some numbers to, to keep track. So basically, the the moral of the story is is, is guys that we're missing out on around five hundred thousand because think about it. Let's say you pass away at seventy nine, which mm-hmm. is expected as an. You're not even talking about all the benefits that your family receives. Well, you oh just missed out on passing down five hundred thousand dollars to your family. A house, a house, a, a great house, too. A really half a million nice. dollars. Yeah. A really nice house. So, or living like a baller for the last 14 years of your life if yeah. you wanted to as well. Yeah, exactly. Either one. Buck, yeah, Either it's one. your money. It, you, that's that's my rub. Yeah. That's my rub. I love it. Okay, we'll talk about that because there is there is some people out there that are advocating for privatizing of social social security. So maybe we'll kind of touch on that a little more. What I want to talk about, because you just kind of we alluded to this a little bit, the failure of social security. And mm. I think this has been looming in the background for the last 20 years. I think when we were in probably elementary, middle school, there were already talks. I was going to say every, I'm sorry, of course, not every, most economics professors, investment professors, they are literally telling our generation, do not count on it. Well, maybe it's because the trustees report from the board of trustees of social security of the United States government. So these are the people that are trusted with that Seems legit. Right. (laughs) Well, they said, hey, um, based on the number of retired workers that are growing rapidly, mainly the members of post-World War II baby boomers continue to retire in increasing numbers. The number of retired workers is projected to double in the next 50 years. People that are also living longer and the birth rate is extremely low. As a result, the trustees project has a ratio of 2.8 workers paying a Social Security tax to each person collecting benefits. Mm. 2.8 2.8 workers. So that means that for every three people, there is one person that's receiving benefits. When the program was created, it was 149 workers to one person receiving benefits. Three to 149. So already there's some math going on here that's a little funky. Now, directly from the office, the Social Security program is not sustainable over the long term. This is on the website. I checked. This is a socialsecurity.gov website. Over the long term, at the current benefit and tax rates, in 2010, the program paid more benefits and, ex- and, then, and expenses than it collected in taxes. The 2020 trustees report projects the pattern to continue over the next 75 years. So pretty much ever, as they didn't go out any further. They, it was a 75-year report. So they pretty much said forever, it will always now be in the negative as of the fund, the trust fund that we currently have reserved will be depleted by 2035. So 13 years, 13 years from now, there will be zero funds to provide anybody that has social security. At that point, payroll taxes and other income will flow into the fund, but will be insufficient to pay only 79% of program costs. So that means that every single person that is paid into Social Security will get a uh, 21% less check than what they currently have. And every year after that will be less. So right now, and I'm looking at this graph right here. It's like going down dramatically and all of a sudden, 2035, bread for the rest of, you know, all the way to 2094. So the, the program here, guys, is it's not as they are stating directly from the office not sustainable. We need an alternative. Um, or we need to re- fix it. I don't, I don't know. That's the things that we're going to talk about in our second and third beers. 
One other thing I wanted to go over before we finish is, you know, how are they getting these funds? Where are these taxes coming from? I think a lot of people, I, I honestly don't know if I really know, knew this very well for probably until about five, six years ago, is when you pay your taxes, um, you usually think of your federal income tax. That's kind of the big one. That's the big dollar amount. But there's also a couple other line items. This is actually the second largest one um, next to you, depending on your state. Every single paycheck that you receive, you'll notice that there's a couple of line items on there. One of them is Social Security. It's about 7%, 765, I think it is, percent. <clears throat> your employer, you know, everybody always wants to attack the companies and things like that. They also put in 7.65% for a total of 15%. Well, go ahead. That's what kind of sucks about the self-employed. Oh my, that's okay. That's what I was going oh to get to. Oh my gosh, yeah. Go I ahead, cannot go. believe this. So the employee and the employer are putting in 7% each, 7.5% each. If you're self-employed, let's say you're a, a hairdresser and you're just a, you have your own little shop. Let's say maybe you make um, some type of kid's toy in your house and you sell it online and Etsy. Well, guess what? You pay 15% to Social Security. That's a large tax. You imagine taking 15% of your paycheck and putting it into the stock market every single month? Just in a fund? 15%? That's a lot of money. You will be a millionaire in probably 20 years. Uh, yeah. Right? 100%. Yeah. Putting 15% of the average medium wage in America, $44,000, that is a huge chunk of change that people, you know, if they had that money. Meanwhile, though, that's not what the Social Security promises. Um, and so I, when I was researching this, I was thinking, man, they're telling us that it's not going to work till 2023 or 2035. The amount that we are paying in taxes is pretty high to make this program work. What are the alternatives? And you just crack your second beer. Let's start rating this thing because I'm going to yeah. finish my first one here. <clears throat> so like Cody introduced it earlier. Uh, this is the State 48 Desert Vibes Mexican Lager. Uh, State 48 is a, you know, a pretty cool little local brewery. It's, it's got this fun Arizona flag. Got a little uh, bull skull there surrounded by a cactus. And, of course, you know the beautiful Arizona flag in the background. It's a pretty, pretty fun little can. Yeah, no, I like this can. And it's also... Um, it's like a sticker type logo, so it's got like the uh, aluminum showing through. I like cans like that. It makes it feel like it's kind of a little like older school type of brew can. It makes it feel like it's that much more local. A hundred percent. So what made you grab this one, Jared? So honestly, I really like State 48. Um, I think that I think it's a really cool brand, actually. So I know I'm supporting like a local guy. You know what I'm saying? Because um, a lot of these other... A lot of these other like quote unquote microbrews are actually owned by, you know, some of the bigger beers, right? So maybe I'm wrong, but in my head, State 48 is a hyper local brew. So yeah. just wanted to support them. 100% man. And State 48, what state, what state is 48? I don't know which one that is. I think Hawaii. <laughs> it's actually funny. A lot of people don't realize that Arizona is the 48th state. Like we're one of the last ones. It's, just, it's Alaska, Hawaii, and, and Arizona. Um I always wonder, like, what made us hold out? Like, you know, you got Utah, New Mexico. They all came before us. Like, what's going on in Arizona? Like, <laughs> we're a territory for a long time. Um, no, I think it's a good beer. Um, classic Mexican lager, light, I would say, day drinking, buy a pool, perfect beer for that. I would 100% agree with you. I don't think this is a beer that you're going to remember, either for good or bad reasons. I yeah. just think it's a, if you're a beer guy, you're going to like it. 
I would give it a solid uh, probably three five. Excited. I think it's just a yeah I'll great give, beer. Yeah, I'll give it a three five all day long. Uh, it's above average. I drink it all three of them. Made a whole six pack. Honestly, it's it's a great I would, beer. I would hundred percent. This is a good pool beer. Exactly. 100%. Um, so shout out guys over there at State Forty Eight. Good brew. Good can. Yeah. Good taste. Yeah, agreed. Cool. Okay, man. So when you were researching, what was your gut telling you about Social Security? How much did you know of this stuff before? Uh, before and then once you start researching, what were you kind of thinking as you were, were kind of deep diving? So one of the things that I thought was interesting is there's a cap on how much is taxed of your social security uh, of your income, right? Oh, With yeah. social security, yeah, which yeah. I think is pretty interesting because that's I should have done the research. I'm sorry, but I, to my knowledge, it's the only tax that actually has an income cap on it, right? I don't know of any others. Nothing's no, coming Medicare, Medicare doesn't yeah, have everything. one. Income state. So yeah. So yeah. Social Security. So one of the only tax. So I'm mean, actually I, I couldn't find the why. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So if you make over 147 thousand, only up to 147 thousand dollars, you will be taxed on for Social Security. Maybe because there's a minimal amount of benefit, or sorry, there's a maximum benefit that they can provide you. And so. So they were like, "Wow, man! If they're making over 150." Like they just had a conscious all of a sudden, like, hey, they're really owed millions, and we're only giving them like three thousand. You know, the government sometimes has consciences. Uh, I mean, all joking aside, like that's that would be the rationale, kind of the rationale, yeah. So, anyways, I thought that was pretty interesting, and I don't think that's too common of knowledge. Now, granted, you know, over one hundred forty-seven thousand dollars, a lot of money. Very few people actually get to realize that caps back cap tax, but uh, kind of an interesting little little tidbit there. Hundred percent. Um, what was your gut so, though? What, so what were you saying? I, what were you kind of thinking? Like, man. Oh, I'm allowed to say my opinion. Remember, second beer. I know. I know. What oh, I hate it. Really? I've hated Social Security forever. Honestly, I would probably say ever since I was maybe 16 or 17, I learned what it was. You know, you can Once opt out my, if you go become like a priest or something, right? Yeah. Is that true? I don't know. Remember how we had that argument with somebody? We did. Like, I think I think there's some jobs. It's like member of the clergy or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some people don't have to pay into it, which is very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, once I learned, it was like right whenever I first got my uh, my job at Little Caesars, and all of a sudden I get my first paycheck, whatever, and all of a sudden I see all these little fun light items. I'm like, what the hell? What is this crap? And yeah, so I was like, you know what? Nah. So I started doing a little bit more research and then um, my opinion really strengthened in college after I took a couple of investment classes and realized what I could be doing with 6% of my income every month. So I hate it with all my heart. You can't convince me otherwise. Okay. I'm not going to convince you because I, I knew you are going to be 100% on the side. I, I, I can kind of understand that you're like, hey, I think we've had the conversation. You think it's the devil's tax mm-hmm. at this point. Like mm-hmm. you're, you're saying, hey, this is just one that I don't feel like I'm going to reap the benefits of ever. Mm-hmm. And you're giving money to somebody that is clearly not diligent, right? They're in, what, two or I think $30 trillion in debt. And you're going to give them the money to invest it for the next 45 years until you need it when you're 65. I think there might be better people for this. And oh, by the way, and literally they know go. they're running out of money in 13 years from now, and it's not even a really a, a yeah. hot topic as far as a true monumental shift and change. Okay, that's like that's like giving your two year old daughter Lillian, you know, five hundred dollars. What yeah. is she gonna do with it? She doesn't know what to do with She's it. She's probably gonna eat it. 
Exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> you know? that's kind of what some of our government yeah, officials... Yeah, just like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. I'm not going to go through my opinion just yet because I kind of have a mixed opinion. I'm not, I'm not, I don't think I'm anti your opinion. I don't think I'm also for your opinion just yet. You can convince me, honestly, probably. A couple things that I ran into, and I call these, I always call these my interesting takes. That's why I literally write here in my notes always. So one of the things that I think has made Social Security, I'm not saying it's, it's been bad from the start. I think it was written with good intentions. Agreed. And the intentions originally were this, what I believe it to be. And this is why I kind of tried to correct you in the very beginning when you said that the intention was for 40% of your wages to be provided for after you retire. Maybe that is what nowadays politicians say. When it was originally written into law, I don't think that was the intention. This is what I believe it to be, and maybe I'm wrong, of course. But I believe that, hey, the average person back in 1935 when this law was passed, average male, because males don't live as long as females because we're dumber and we do stupid stuff. Well, we can't help it. 59 years of age. 1935, 59, women, 61. So let's just say it was 60 on the dot. Cool. So 60 years of age was the average person's lifespan in 1935. Okay. When could you start pulling Social Security? When you're 65. So the program was created for people that lived outside of the standard deviation by a lot. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So what the government said there is, okay, we got people that have put in hard work. 1935, hard work. World War One, World War Two. Right, to some on extent. Cost, on the cost, yeah. yeah. Okay, you put in some hard work in America. You went through the Depression, mm-hmm. right? You are a farmer. You are a mechanic. You are working in a factory. You have put in some hard work compared to what we think hard work is today, I think. Right? Physical hard work on your body. And guess what? You're not going to live longer than 60 years of age. So if you get to 65, we're not going to make your life any harder. And the kids that are 20, that are 18, that are getting in their job, they're going to help you. 159, I I had to correct it, I'm sorry, not 149, 159 of your peers will supplement your income to some extent to make sure that the last years of your life while you die are not, you know, begging on the streets. So I think the original intent was saying, hey, you know what, we don't expect you just to use this for retirement. We expect you to just kind of use this to make sure you're not begging on the streets for your last year of life or so. Um, and they're not even saying, <laughs> you know, even people that are older than 60 years old, which we consider, you know, I would say somewhat old. I'm not yeah. saying that, you know, you're young at 60. You know, spring chicken. Exactly. But at that time, you were old, right? You know, 60 plus was the old thing. So that's how it was originally built. Now, here's the problem. We, we kept the age the exact same. So using that math, one thing that I would think, if we were going to keep the pl- system in place, we need to change the age. 65, I think it's now, you know, get full benefits around 70 or something like that. This is a crazy number, 82. Would you just do a couple standard deviations over 79? I figured out what is the average male living to, right, nowadays. And what was the average male living back then and female, and the average was... I think it's like 78, 79, like we were talking about Mm -hmm. a minute ago. Raised it by five years because that's how long you had to wait until you started getting retirement. 
So 82, based on the math, is when you should be able to receive full benefits from Social Security. Because that means that, you know what? You have put in hard work. You have helped America grow. You've done your, you're done your work. We're going to help you out a little bit. I think, I think there is some rationale there. And what that does is that closes the amount of people that can start securing that and using that as retirement. So that's, that's my first interesting take. We've got to raise the age. No one wants to do that. That's like, you can't get the votes. That's like cancer growing on you as soon as you start your campaign. Like, might as well like douse yourself in nuclear waste, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. But it's a fix. It reduces the amount of people that get it automatically. And also, I think you're helping out the, the most severely impacted by age, which is what Social Security is meant to do. So that's my first thing. Any, any comments, any questions on that? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess it, it's, it is a fix. Agreed. But I guess what you haven't addressed in, in my opinion, at least, is the foundation of the program. I, I guess, of course, it's intended to help people, mm-hmm. right? But why? <laughs> I guess, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what what is the what is the point? Regardless if it's three of your peers or 159 of your peers, whatever it may be, you are still paying money to someone that didn't take care of themselves financially mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah. No, so I, why is it my obligation yeah. to no. pay for your irresponsibility, I guess? <sighs> if I get a speeding ticket, am I going to hit you up? No, I was irresponsible when I was speeding. So I, I do, I, I, this is why I said I'm, I got mixed feelings. Like I do, I do see that side. I just... I, I'm like this. I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm slightly irresponsible. Maybe I, I don't put as much in. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I do have a retirement account. And I, I decide to retire from my job around 65, 70 years of age. Holy shit. I saved to make sure that I live to, you know, 85 years of age. Cool. I did a little extra. Awesome. Because I'm supposed to live till 79. That's the average person. I'm 100 years old. So I think what this does is it says, hey, you know what? Not only did you give to us as a society and all that, you even saved, you did your right retirement, all that kind of stuff. You're outside the norm. You, you are a third deviation. You are part of the 3% of, of our population or the 5% of our population that lives longer than expected. I don't want them to all of a sudden feel like, man, you know what? I need to go get a job. 85 years old going to get a job, like the only thing you're going to be able to do is, I like the job I would want to honestly have them do is be a storyteller, right? Imagine all the stories an 85-year-old would have. World War II era people, mm-hmm. like that's pretty pretty neat, mm-hmm. right? Um, <clears throat> like, and that's that's a not job, but I don't think people get paid for it. Now, nowadays there probably are, you know, social media, but they don't know how to do all that stuff. Yeah. But they could, they could capture those stories, of course, and get paid for. But I'm just saying at that certain point in age, um, <clears throat> I don't want, you could retire if you're 30 and you have enough money, right? I don't want to stop where you retire. Okay. I'm just wondering when social security should, should pop in. And if they're in your, it sounds like you're saying, Hey, you never get social security, figure it out. What if you're an outlier? What if you live to 110 kind of thing? That's what I'm trying to wonder for. How do you get, how do you take care of that? Well, I think that's, that's the issue. So if the government is going to mandate 
6.2% of my income up to the 147, right? Yeah. If they're going to mandate it, like, okay, we can discuss the whole mandate or, or, or law of making me pay this 6.2%. The, the if you're, let's, let's not debate that, if that should happen or not, but let's just accept that as fact. Okay. What I would prefer, this social security, Jared security, if you will, is I want that to go into an index fund or mutual fund, right? So I'm okay with the concept. I, I think that's great. Like this whole forced retirement. All I want is I don't want to steal half a million dollars from this 85 year old person. That's, that's my rub. Well, is you're, you're taking a lot of okay. money okay, this from this argument. person over the four or five decades that they busted their ass for this country, well, right? Okay. Real quick, can we agree that you're not stealing money? You're just ruining the possible potential for that money? Okay. I guess I can... I'm sorry for saying stealing. I should have said not giving the family or the individual all the money that they earned. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said stealing. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> no. If I, if I earn say a dollar mm-hmm. and I put that dollar into a savings account versus putting it into a mutual fund mm-hmm. that earns 7%. Mm-hmm. One has the potential to earn 7%, but I didn't steal by putting it in the savings account because I also have the potential to lose 7%. So you're not stealing potential. You can't steal potential stuff, right? Cause it's, it's risk. That's your point. So all I'm saying is, is that the government's not stealing money. Yeah, what I mean, it's doing honestly, is, there's a lot of there's a lot of times over the la- over the last fifty years to where they lose money in the market. You know, hundred percent. I agree. Especially over like a fifty year time, like, we're going through a situation right now in the market where this is hundred percent true, which I love. So I'm glad that you agree. Ridiculous. <laughs> there's really no. There's probably like a handful of ten year increments. In the history of the stock market, that has lost money. No, so Jared, I get what, I get what, I get what yeah. you're saying. That's that's my problem. So if yeah. you're going to force someone to pay six point two percent every single dollar that they earn up to, of course, you know, the maximum, that's my problem. Yeah, you, you're 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 not giving that money to earn its full potential, and I, I agree. I actually don't. So one of the things that I have a little bit of a rub on on Social Security, and maybe we're going to kind of get to some of it of a. a not a conclusion, but a, a compromise here is I don't like how the government takes this money and just invests it in its own bonds. It's very pyramid schemey. Because if, let's say, you know, I would like to take my 6.5%, or if I'm a self-employed person, 15% of my money, and I would like to put that money into one of my, you know, favorite indexes, one of my favorite mutual funds. Maybe I'm all hell-bent on helping the solar or the energy sector grow, and I'm going to invest in one of those funds or whatever it may be because I see long-term potential there. You are telling that person what to do with their money, and that's one thing that I'm kind of now on your side is slippery slope. Maybe I should be able to put my money where I deem it to be the most valuable now, <clears throat> is an interesting situation here because one of the cons that I saw to this, and I think it is so demoralizing, many people lack the basic, mm-hmm. and guys, this is in quote, mm-hmm. this is in quotes, this is not what I believe. Many people lack the basic financial literacy to make wise investment decisions on their own. And if workers had to adopt private accounts 
not owned by governments. This is like a 401k, anything like that. IRAs. Unscrupulous financial advisors would take advantage of novice investors. So, in quote, in quote. I don't believe that would happen. What I believe would happen is there would be a focus on people learning what their money actually is going into. I think they would say, you know what? I got shit, I got to take retirement seriously. I can't just have the government take care of me at 65. So now I'm kind of going towards your way a little bit and saying maybe people need to get a little bit more responsible with their stuff. Maybe this is kind of the gut check that everybody needs. Maybe there's a reason why people are not as financially literate because they know. To be. Exactly. What do you think about that? No, I'm I'm perfectly aligned in that. I mean, people only develop the skill sets that they that they need, right? They're not against the wall. Yeah. They've never been backed into a corner with retirement because they know Social Security is going to give them a little extra cash. Yeah, it's free anything, whether it's free college or free whatever, right? You're not going to take it as seriously if you know old daddy government is going to take care of me. It's interesting, right? When When I read that, I was like, anybody that says that Americans just can't figure it out, I'm like, ooh, Please show me. They will figure it out. That's that's what I don't understand. It's I such mean, a negative. Mentality. It's so weird that you're preying on and and hoping for the continued financial illiteracy. Because if people really realize that they're missing out on upwards of half a million dollars of what they could be passing down and creating generational type wealth, huge. That's a problem, man. Okay. I, I like this. I like where this conversation is going, to be honest. I think it's it's very helpful. Okay. Um, let me pose another thing, another con from people that are not for privatizing Social Security. And real quick, actually, you know what? I keep on saying privatizing Social Security. What would that entail, Jared? What would that entail saying, hey, you know what, Jared? You used to put 6.5% or 6% every single check your employer used to put 6% in their tax account. Tomorrow, you're responsible for that 6%. What does that mean? That means you would choose the funds. And, and how would that how would that look for a basic person? Or, you know, it has a job, you know, at a at a salary job or even an hour job that puts in money. Maybe they have a 401k currently, maybe they don't have a 401k currently. Yeah. What would they be doing differently? Hmm. Give me well, kind of a rundown of that. Well, um, Let's see. I'm assuming that you would have a list of funds that you could choose from, you know, various index funds, mutual funds, Where do I see those? Okay. (laughs) I'm not joking. Yeah, I know. I know. So, um, man, that's a a very interesting question. So you... I have an extra 6% of my check tomorrow. Yeah. So what am I I doing? I'm trying to figure out a way not to... I'm trying to figure out a way not to answer to where you would just go to a financial advisor because I, I want to dispel, you know, the the concern of one of the cons. I'm gonna as far go as here predatory soon. 100%. financial advisor. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how the normal person can open up a brokerage account and fund it themselves. Yeah. Create the I'll give you one option and then you can maybe elaborate on the other one that I think you're gonna have better information on. So one thing is your company may already offer a 401k mm-hmm. and you might already be be putting money into there. Mm-hmm you would increase that by 6% tomorrow. That would be the easiest thing. So if you're already currently putting into any type of company-sponsored retirement plan, if you <clears throat> receive this extra 6% bonus, right? that's what it is. When you're tax-reduced, that's just extra money. 
you would say, okay, well, I used to put that in my social security fund. No longer have to. I'm now going to up my percentage in my 401k plan by 6%. Okay. Well, that's great for the employee that has a 401k account. Now, what about that's the employee? assuming you're not maxing out the 401k though. Yes. Most people are not. I agree. What, what am I doing now if I am a hourly worker, a small employer that I work for that don't have a 401k plan? What am I going to be doing? You're likely going to a financial advisor. Okay. Is there any type of online services that I may be using that maybe maybe like a robo advisor, maybe something that's more free? Yeah. Okay. I could no, probably go I to like mean, Vanguard. So op- open up a Vanguard brokerage account is free. I mean, that's there as simple go. as going to Vanguard.com, going to investor. That's and what say, I was open trying to account. get to. Okay. Um, the, the problem is is the expectation of that is a little too far-fetched no, currently. I, I think most people know how to go open up. Okay. Let's not go to Vanguard. I think Chase, I think Wells Fargo, yeah. Bank of Air America, they all now have an investment arm, and I think they have a robo-advisor included. I believe they do. Wells Fargo advertises theirs. Chase advertises theirs to me all the time. I've never looked into it because I use somebody else. But that would entail, guys, a little bit of knowledge if, if you guys are right now, you know, maybe this happens tomorrow. Maybe you know, Congress passes this. I doubt it will happen. But you would open up an account just like a bank account, just like a credit card account, anything like that. It would be in your name, and you would set up an automatic transfer into this account every single month. In that account, you would go through and you would select some funds. Probably the easiest thing you would probably do is just pre-select some basic index funds and do an automatic deposit into that account every single month. That was about 6% of your paycheck. Would you not agree? No, I, I agree. That's how I'd like it done. But it's just funny whenever you see funds like, oh, target date of 2050 or 26. You know you know what I'm saying? That's, that's fine though, too. I don't mind that. It is, but that's just some proper noun that they name the fund, right? You don't yeah. actually know what's going into it. So that's that's kind of my problem with that. What happens is there's going to be a learning curve. Yeah. And the cool thing is, is Vanguard, Fidelity, they'll all come out with their funds specifically for this. They're going to say, hey, Social Security replacement fund for people wanting to retire in 2062. Yep. That's fine. That fund is probably going to be way better than Social Security. It may not be 7%, but guess what? 5%. I'm fine with that. So I was just trying to say is that the, the barriers to doing this by yourself is not immense. No. It is two to four, five, six steps. More so right now. I mean, we're talking probably an hour lift total. Hour. Per, hour one time. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, an hour lift to open up the account, fund the account, link your bank account. And then have automatic, and then automatic contributions. transfers every single, contributions, yeah. you know, bi-weekly. Okay. Maybe, maybe two hours. So to our left. here's my question. That's the, let's say, a little bit her way. Or, Jared, I could go down the street and go find a financial advisor, as you were referencing, and they can charge me 3%, 2%, 1%, depending on how much money I'm going to be giving them. Con there is, is, whoa, you're now paying these guys that are already making a bunch of money, already taking advantage of the average worker class people out there. Should we really want to be giving Wall Street more money? So my pushback on that is, the, the guys, the fees that Cody was referencing earlier, the 1%, 2 3%, um, that is the AUM, traditionally, it's the AUM assets under management fee. And of course, you know, there, there are a multitude of fees. But my pushback on that is let's say after all the fees, let's say it's some crazy, crooked financial advisor. And guys, remember, we're in a free market. It's capitalism. 
these won't last for long. You know, these three percenters, four percenters, et cetera. So this would be the norm, but let's just say for argument's sake, I'll indulge. And let's say we, we have a three percenter, three percent fee guy. Yeah. Which is absurd. It is. Agreed. But let's say they return a market average of that 7%. So even after all the bullshit fees, that's a net of 4%, which is still far better compounded over 45 years than the current state. So literally the worst case scenario where the most crooked financial advisor, and guys, in order to achieve an 8% return, I literally just need them to put it in a S&P 500 index fund. I don't need to be actively managed in a turnover ratio of 1.0, right? I mean, just some crazy thing, right? Jared, you're sounding like Warren Buffett here, buddy. Come on. You're saying that it's that easy? Uh, I'm saying that Warren Buffett, I don't know if he still does, so maybe I don't want to misquote here, but he used to, for a while, had a standing bet to where I think you'd pay a million dollars. He won it. He won. Yeah. Like, he, he won. He, he never touched the money. Yeah. Put it in one index fund. That tracked the market. And another guy made trades every single month yeah, with his read account. an article. You have a gut feeling. And he was a guy that was charging the market 1%, 2% on assets under management. He was a big hedge fund manager. And guess what? He lost the bet. He lost it by a long shot. He only won out of the 15 years the bet was going. He I only it was 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was 10 years. Nope, whatever. I mean, One or two years. He was able to beat Warren Buffett, and Warren Buffett blinked, put the money in the account, walked away. Didn't touch it. So what this means, guys, is that the market's going to increase to a certain point. And it's funny, we're talking about a challenge with population, and I think that is also going to put a challenge on the market as well. I've been thinking about this a little bit actually recently, is yes, Social Security is under stress right now because we're having a population challenge well there's a reason most companies grow at a pretty nice rate of three four percent every year year over year right some of them of course grow a lot be it crazier and whatever it is well population grows grows at about a very similar rate i mean there's always more buyers well what if there's not more buyers next year what if there's less buyers so that's that's a yeah great point right i was actually just thinking about it a little bit more a little bit more micro i don't know I don't know. I'm curious to get your take on it. So right now, I don't know if there's a business on American soil that is saying, yep, we got plenty of workers. I feel like everyone's trying to hire. Everyone's hurting. Everyone's trying to adjust their hours, come up with some cool new sexy perk. $1,000 bonus. Start tomorrow. But think about it, man. This whole pay-as-you-go thing, as you beautifully articulated earlier, if all of a sudden there is a worker shortage like there is, I wonder what how, how uh, real time was that? chart that you're referencing and the, oh, the data points. You see what I'm saying? Like people, people are today the are tax. paying the 6.2%. Oh, if unemployment... Do you get what I'm saying? If unemployment stays at 8, 7, 10%, you're receiving 5 to 6% less money in Social Security. Oh my God. Do you get what I'm saying? Didn't even think about that. I, neither did I until just now. So, so that's why I was asking. What was the date of that article? Because I mean... I'm actually surprised that this isn't a growing concern because, like I said, no business right now is comfortable with their staff. Yeah, th- this was from the Social Security's website, so it's probably like updated last census, so probably 2020. Man, so I'm curious to see oh, the impacts no. of the last 18, 24 months. You're, I, I love, I love where you went there. Yeah, for sure. Huh. Um, 
Okay, couple things uh, as we're about halfway done with our last beer here. That's right. I wanted to bring this to the table because this is crazy. How much did, how many people for one, and then how much did they receive back in 1937? So uh, several years after it was couple created, a couple years, 1935, 1937. How many people were on Social Security and how much money were they receiving in benefits? Is this uh, real dollars or is this, you know, 1937 dollars? I have both. So you have both? Yeah. So you can guess either. Okay. I like I just doubled my chance. Um, let's see. <laughs> it's a big range. So. I know. <laughs> I'm Inflation say, matters. What was the population in 37? Probably, what, 100 million people? Yeah, I think it's like 96 or okay. 97. So million. 100 million people. I'm going to say in 1937, I'm going to say... One point five million people were receiving social security benefits. Remember that death age I told you? Yeah, you got to be extreme outlier. Yep, extreme. Fifty-three thousand sixty. Yeah, you got to be an outlier, buddy. This is why I said eighty-two matters. Eighty-two is a big deal for an age. Just like back then, sixty-five was a big deal. You're Benjamin Franklin, amongst a bunch of people that are fifty. You are living way longer than everybody else. So 53,000 people were able to receive benefits in the Social Security okay, program. And the amount of benefits. I'm going to say they were getting... Per person. Of course. I'm going to say they're getting a... See, it's not... I think you said uh, we were arguing as far as 18 or 24. Put that in 30, $1937. I'm going to go with they're getting a whopping 4850 a month. Four hundred and I'm sorry. Forty eight dollars and fifty cents. Okay. I was like, are you saying the cents too? I'm like, I'm so confused. I'm like, <laughs> oh, why I'm is getting, it going I'm all the real specific? So a four hundred and eight dollars. No, no. Forty eight dollars and fifty cents oh. a month. Well, you're pretty close. Twenty four dollars. So twenty four dollars. Now in today's dollars, that's four hundred and thirty dollars. Okay. So that means that they were getting about a quarter of what the average American is currently getting, and there's only 53,000 people that are getting it. And again, these were the top 5% of age people out there. Like, it was such a small portion of people. It was, it was hey, you've lived a long time. You're, you're part of a very select group of 53,000 people in all of America. We're going to give you a small amount of money, $430. Did you happen to look up the stats on how the Social Security, how it passed? I did not. I wish I would. I'm just thinking about like, talk about the easiest bill to ever get passed in the world. Hey, all you voting age people at 18 years old in, you know, 30 years, you're not going to really have to pay anything. I mean, you know, think about the elderly, right? So I guess maybe not the 18. I'm sorry, but think about, you know, the prime voting age. I'm probably thinking the prime voting age is always probably, I was thinking 40, but okay, 30 to where you really don't have to pay a lot into this and you get a lifetime benefit. What an easy thing to get passed. And that's If you why, opposed it, I bet that was the political death sentence of the time. To, this is the situation with FDR, man. FDR was a wheeler and dealer of his time. He could get anything passed with Congress. He had complete control of Congress. He, well, his entire presidency was always about how can I give more to people. 
Now the problem is, is that I have to also take more, right? In, in from social people, yeah, yeah, no. In social security situation, I'm taking from everybody and giving to a couple of people at that point in time. Sounded good on paper. Hey, we're going to take care of the people that have, you know, lived through at that point in time, been Civil War era almost. If you think about it, which is so interesting to think about that age gap, right? If you were in the ni- 1870s born. If you were getting Social Security when this was passed, right after the Civil War ended, what? It's it's an interesting concept. So you have kind of a historical kind of care for these people. Same thing here. I think we all care for people that are 65 plus. I, I don't think we're not trying to say that here. All we're trying to say is, is, is the program, it's built for failure at this point. How do we fix it? Um, so what I want to bring up is, is how do we fix this? If we were to privatize it, where would retirement money come from? What are kind of the options out there? I have five of them listed here. We've talked about a couple of them. I think you've mentioned a couple. I want to see what your thoughts are. But if I was a 30-year-old, which I am, and I know that retirement is going to not probably be very solid on Social Security because I know it's going to fail in 2035. I don't plan on retiring in 10 years or or, you know, 13 years. So what am I going to do? Because I got 35 years in the workforce, at least, let's just say. What am I going to do in 35 years if I'm not going to rely on Social Security? What are my options? What do I got to start doing right now? Investing. Okay, what does that mean? Uh, that means <clears throat> opening up a brokerage account, you know, depending on your income level, opening up an individual retirement account, IRA, yeah. in the Roth or traditional, um, partaking in your company's 401k plan. Bingo. Again, you know, the Roth traditional on that one as well. Is that not free money in most cases? Depending on the company's perks, of course, but uh, what he's referring to is the match that is uh, almost, I don't say a given, but it, it, I wouldn't say it's uncommon anymore. I think it's probably like 60, 70% of businesses probably offer it. I, I feel comfortable half. saying that. Yeah. yeah. More than half of business. I would say it's, it's alarming to not see a match, honestly. Yeah. So, hey, guess what? Um, if your company offers a 401k plan, if you are working at a place and they've mentioned a 401k during your HR onboarding and things like that, it's free money. The company is literally going to put money in that account. If you put money in that account to match it, and as long as you stay there for what I think they call invested their in, yeah, invested, in, invested, time, invested time, right? One year, two years, three years. Sometimes it's three years. If you stay there for a long period, it's your money. It's essentially an extra and it could be a large amount of money in some cases. Yeah, it's 5%. Exactly. Well, yeah. Can be, yeah. Yeah, it can be, right? Even if it's 1%, still free money. Yeah. Right? Free before. money. Take advantage of it. Um, so that's their first one. I, w- I want to say that's number one. Yeah, I would agree with that. 401k, take advantage of that one. <clears throat> if your company offers it, it's free money and also it's it's an autopilot option. Yeah. I would say uh, that's 1A. I would almost, I, I, I can't give you number two. I'll go to, oh, I'm sorry, 1B would probably be an individual retirement account. Okay, so that means that, hey, after I put money in my 401k, after I get my company match- After you get your your free money. Yep, my free money. I need to also possibly take some of my savings that I possibly might be allocating and putting it into a individual account that I've set up myself. An IRA is what it's commonly called. Exactly. So I set that up via, nowadays, guys, there are apps that do this. Okay, you can set up an account on an app, you know, you've probably heard of some of the big ones out there nowadays. 
Um, I use like M1 Finance, there's Fidelity, there's Vanguard, Vanguard there's I think Robinhood. I, I'm sure Robinhood, I think they more do like single stocks. Yeah. But there's lots of options out there where you can set it up. And all you need to do is some research and say, hey, which uh, which ones do I need to not care about? You don't need to be investing in Tesla. Well, you don't need to be hell, investing in Apple. Apple. You're doing a mutual fund of some sort. Of course you can do some research, but let's let's pay homage to Warren Buffett as far as this bet that we were referring to. Pick one fund yes. that tracks the market. 100%. The S&P 500. Yeah. 100%. Ticker symbol VOO. <laughs> yeah. It's the easiest one to do. Yeah. Um, okay. So maybe that's 1B, 2. Well, um, maybe another option is maybe I don't retire. Maybe I work part-time a little bit and have some type of job that I am going to be doing during retirement and, and supplementing my, my retirement savings. I think a lot of people have turned to this. It increases your lifespan. A lot of people don't realize this. From a fulfillment standpoint. Exactly. Yeah. So another thing you can start thinking, I'm not saying this is number three or number four, but hey, you know what? Does retirement actually happen at 65? Maybe shouldn't. Maybe, you know, you retire and three years later you die. Do you really want to do that? Probably mm, not. Yeah. But maybe you take up part-time. Maybe you help out a family member with their small-time business. Maybe you start doing some charity work or volunteer work at an elementary school librarian. There's a lot of things out there where you can help other people. A lot of fulfilling stuff. And also they'll pay you pretty cool. One thing that's interesting, and I think we're in mixed feelings on this one, family and sharing expenses. So I know in American culture, this is not common, right? but in most cultures, this is actually very common. European, mm. Asian, South Latin America. America, yeah, Latin exactly. America, big time. Just about everywhere other than Britain, Britain colonies, if you think about it, which is crazy. <laughs> so Asian, South America, and um, uh, Eastern Europe. Family and sharing expenses. So in, in most of these other cultures, and, and, and a nice thing with America is that we see this. We probably have friends and family that do this where they have grandparents may be living now with you. They move back in after a certain amount of time. You're now sharing expenses. Yes, they've retired and they're going to now pay for a portion of the mortgage. They're going to pay a portion of whatever the fees are for the electric bill and things like that. So there are ways to make that all work. And I'm not saying that that's for everybody, but here's a unique idea that I didn't really think of until I was typing my notes up. Right now, we allow children to be on insurance plans, right? So up to 25 years of age. And this is to make sure that, you know, a four-year-old doesn't have to go find insurance himself because that would be absurd. Well, why are we forcing 78-year-olds to go figure out their insurance stuff? I'm wondering if, Good analogy. if parents could not bring, you know, not parents, I guess, the the breadwinners of the family at that point in time could bring their parents back onto their insurance. They allowed you to be in their insurance till 20, 22, 25. And now when they're in their last years of age, why can they not be brought back onto your plan? Whether you're self-employed or whether you're employed, what's the difference really between having children on your plan and having somebody that's aging? Because when you're at that point in your life and they're on your plan, your children has probably started moving on anyways. So you have kind of some middle-aged Americans that have had their children get off their plan 
what's the difference between bringing older people back on the plan? So I, I, it's an interesting concept because mm-hmm. right now we're relying on the government to do all that. Mm-hmm. Maybe. <clears throat> Man, I don't hate that idea. I mean, of course, this isn't a, a mandate thing. This is just a, a cultural norm. This is, a, I guess, um, adjusting the policy wording to where you can invite it back. Okay. Yeah. Well, well insurance, insurance companies would have to allow for this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and most insurance changes are mandated by the government, unfortunately. But I don't know. I don't know why. And now I get it. Most costs in, in healthcare is mm-hmm. actually at the last part of your life. Mm-hmm. But it's a very interesting concept of, I'm like, I was, I was thinking through this. A lot of probably personal cost is in healthcare at the end of your life. What if we bring that back into, you know, the, the breadwinner, the 40-year-old, the 50-year-old that's at the peak of their earning potential, they have an insurance plan that's probably amazing at that point in their life. I'm going to bring my parents back into that plan because they're in the last five to 10 years of their life. Kind of interesting. I don't I, hate the idea. Uh, right? I don't hate the idea for the option. Okay. So those are the different ways, you know, you start kind of thinking about retirement as, hey, 401k. You mentioned IRA, 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 a brokerage account that you set up yourself. Uh-huh. Start doing some automatic deposits into there, investing it. Um, what about savings accounts? Should I should I be relying on my Chase Wells Fargo savings account? Uh, no, why? No. Um, so, guys, the real issue, and just to put it in like real real time, real headlines, real dollars. You know, everyone's talking about inflation, right? So. The caution I want to, you know, advise you guys to proceed with with just putting money in your savings accounts. Yes, it's liquid cash. Yes, you can, you know, access it in seconds if needed from an ATM or a transfer, et cetera. I, I get it. That's nice. It's sexy. It's it's fun logging onto your app and seeing a lot of money in your savings account. But the problem with that is while yes, you won't lose there there's there's zero risk actually, up to I guess what, two hundred fifty thousand dollars according to the FDIC, right? Um, there is little upside in that it doesn't really provide you the same purchasing power, right? So what inflation does is it's, it's a kind of a secret killer in that let's say I have a hundred dollars in my savings account or a thousand dollars in my savings account. I lose 8% upon inflation without any sort of interest rate because you know, the interest rates are, are darn near zero, right? Especially in today's world. So therefore, I can only buy 92% of the same amount of goods and services the following year with an 8% inflation rate. So I highly advise, now, of course, you know, if you need access to immediate cash, I mean, I know Dave Ramsey says three to six months of expenses in liquid cash in your savings account. That's great. That's a great strategy. Um, I have a hard time advising people to say that a savings account is an investment vehicle. Yeah, because I've had $1,000 right now in my account, and it's June right now. Next June, if inflation stays the exact same, I just lost $80. Yep. $80 just... In purchasing power. I just bought a new pair of shoes that I didn't You will have $1,000 still, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. you will lose 8% purchasing power. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I just bought a pair of new shoes that I didn't actually buy. I never <laughs> received yep. the shoes, right, to be honest. <clears throat> it's an it's an odd concept because the number doesn't change, but what I can buy with that number does. Mm-hmm. 
And I think right now, when we're releasing this episode, probably we're all realizing this right now on our grocery bills, gas bills, on our gas bills, on our electricity bills. Every one of those, if you look back at your budget or your your just your bill from last year, June twenty twenty one, it was probably more than ten percent or more than eight percent less, because those three items have risen. 50, 100% in some cases. Gas is 100% more than it was a year ago. If not more. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Depending on what market you're in. So guys, I think as we start wrapping this thing up, you know, you, know, you can do some closing words, Jared, here. But what, what I think about Social Security, again, I have mixed feelings on it. I see the intent. And just like how we had, I think, kind of like a little gut feeling of, man, I really care about the kids during our food stamps episode. We both agreed, you know. Agreed. It's a government program. The people that benefit most from it are our children. I think in this instance, the people that benefit most from Social Security are people that are in a point of their life where it's just so much to ask for them to do something that's, yes, they messed up a little bit. Uh, I know it's hard. Children didn't mess up. I get it. it. I think it's easier to give them money than to these people. But I'm saying that the age need to be changed. I don't agree with the current age. 65, 70 years old, no. I would say tomorrow, no way. I think the age gets changed to 82. I'd be fine with this, the Social Security program. Um, that's where I currently sit. Otherwise, we shouldn't have it at all. I think it's a bad program. It takes money out of Americans' pockets and invest it badly. I think it's like, hey, let's invest this thing in some like you know Jordan Belfort, you know mm-hmm. junk stocks. <clears throat> to be honest, yeah, I'll give you back you know the same amount of money minus inflation, minus all my cost, minus all my administration, and in forty five years you get crap back. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. You know, maybe we need to have something, but it should be scaled down dramatically. That's what I'm thinking. So I get that. And as I was thinking about this, man, doing the research, I wanted to think of something that would. So while I agree with you wholeheartedly, you know, because I'm sure you did the research as far as, you know, the standard deviation, what is 82? I don't know that actually, but it's close. Okay. So let's just for argument's sake, let's call it. One standard deviation, two standard deviations, the equivalent to 65 to 60 earlier in 35, 1935. Yeah, I just did the math of the age difference, but I bet you it's three standard deviations. Perfect. So if it's intended to take care of outliers, I'm kind of annoyed that I have to pay 6.2% for just a... a Well, here's the thing. You didn't have to use to pay 6.2. They right, raised it. Right, that's just it. the 1990 thing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. They raised it because we started including more yeah. people. So, so well, let's just say it went down. Because now you're only going to be taking care of hundreds of thousands of people, not 69 million. Millions, yeah. So I think it would go down as well. Because now we're going to take... So I, I think the 6.2 goes down to, let's say, 1%. So I'm just trying to think like how you know the left or the right would attack that. And I could just easily see a headline. President Willis wants to take away social security or only pay, you know, the oldest of the old 68 million people less will receive social security benefits and president Willis's term. So I just don't see that getting passed. While I agree with it mathematically, fundamentally, et cetera, I do agree with it. I don't see that getting passed. So you just want to take it from away from everybody. 
No, what I do see getting passed is the opt-out. An irrevocable Ooh. at 18 years old, or whatever we determined being an adult is, you know, if you want to go back in time for a few episodes, probably 20 episodes ago now. But at whatever time for today, 18 years old, you have an irrevocable one-time opt-out. I don't care if you have buyer's remorse the next day. Okay, what happens if everybody does it? Because mm-hmm. we know this is a pay-as-you-go program. Mm-hmm. You should have brought this up earlier, buddy. What are you doing? We got like a minute left. I know. There's no organic time. Everybody opts out. Mm-hmm. What What are you doing with all these people that are on Social Security? 69 million people. So honestly, man, it's a problem. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. It is a problem. Like, but why did you ask that question, Cody? No, I mean no, it's, a, it's a fair question, and I I figured you were gonna ask that. I didn't know if you're gonna ask it on air, off air. So thank you for that. But it, it's one of those things where because this is such a mess, it's it, it's not like there's there's magic little wand and fix like hey all these 69 million people are good um because i do think the masses would opt out right because i think it could be sold really sexy on what six percent could do to your income and all that stuff so i do find it getting passed you don't think you know i don't know that you could say to the masses and i I say that's 51 plus right kind of thing and and i made that as a hyperbole when i made my argument there of course for argument's sake is saying hey all those people will not have a check tomorrow. Yeah. Everybody will opt out. It's probably going to be such a hard number, right? You know, I, I don't even know if this figure is right at all, but I, I would say it's minus 40. Like, I think it's less than 40% of people would actually opt out. I think 60 plus, 60 well, yeah, plus I people. Think, I think anyone yeah. under 50, I think it could be entertained. If you're over 50, you'd be a fool. Yeah. To want to opt out. Exactly. So that's half our population almost that are over 45 probably, right? Mm-hmm. So, okay, well, then now you got, you know, now are you getting allowed to opt out at whatever age you're currently at or is it only when you're turning 18? Now, that's probably how I get. That's how you wean it back. out. That's how yeah. you wean it out because that means that, hey, right now at 18 to an age group, yep. You're now at a point in time where you're able to opt out. And there's probably actually a mathematical way to figure out what that age is. Mm-hmm. Let's say it's 30. Maybe it's 30. Maybe 12 oh, years. God, I'd be so pissed if we just missed it. I don't, you know what? It's 31. We're, tr- we're helping 31. out everybody. <laughs> so let's just say that's at the age where, you know, 2035 matters. So you, there's probably a way to figure that out where you're at a certain point. We're going to opt out. We're weaning everybody off. You're going to continue paying everybody after that, mm-hmm. which sucks. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're that one I don't see getting passed. It's better, though, than yours. I agree. No, no. I think you mathematically and foundationally improved upon my little King Friday idea. But I don't see that getting passed. You think because there's such an emotional tie to saying, hey, 18 and or not? No, no. So my thing is, man... So right now I've been paying in Social Security for 15 years. Yeah. Now, right? I'd be so pissed if I threw away, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes. And hold on, what what the hell did I get for it? Yeah, but the other option is that you're going to get nothing. I know. So, but as long as it's presented as, hey, you get nothing, 
or you're going to pass this and we're going to wean you off and you're not going to get your $1,800 a month. You're going to get 800 bucks. You know, the payments will get less. Right. Right. Because the fund's going down. So would you be all right? Yes, I'm paying, unfortunately. Now, hey, you're also going to get a lesser percentage, Mm -hmm. quarter percent every five years. Mm -hmm. By the time you're 60, you're paying 0% of Social Security, but you're still going to get the benefits. Mm -hmm. I think there's a way to make it work for almost all payers. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? What do you think? I do agree with that. No, I, I would be interested to see if there's some sort of study, some sort of projection as far as a weaning off period. Wean off for the people that have already paid. Stop people from being able to pay and do it ever again. That's the move. That's the move. I think, I, I think that's the move. The only, the only issue with this entire solution is that the people right now turning 65, the people that are turning 70 right now that are collecting the, uh, the improvements are going to have to take a hit. Because it's a pay-as-you-go program. So they're going to have to receive less benefits than they anticipated. So if they did the math with AARP or whatever it is, instead of 1800 bucks a month, they're going to have to get 1650 And they're going... And would they... I don't know if they would agree to that. Which is crazy. Because they're like, oh, I, I, didn't re- I didn't save any money. I was expecting this entire huge $1,800 check per month. So annoying to be dependent on anyone other than yourself for your well-being. Yourself, your you mean the government, you. not even yourself. The government you're depending on. I know. And what a dangerous way to live. Okay, guys, we are at I think a little over an hour. This episode, I think I knew this was going to go long. I know. Well, you know, it's actually it's not as long as some of our episodes. I think this is a great episode to just say that this is a challenging issue. Most politicians avoid Social Security like the plague. Oh, it's political suicide. Are you kidding me? 20 to 25% of our population votes. These are older individuals that vote. Guess what? You mentioned Social Security. Bye-bye. They run away from you. Like, I don't know. I think people would be more apt to talk about abortion right now than Social Security. In that age group, 100%. Yeah. They would vote either way on abortion as long as they get their check every month, which is, it, it, I'm not going to say it's sad. It's, it's disheartening to me because these are the people that helped create where we are currently, yet they're going to create a failing system that we're all receiving. It's so hard though because they're at, let's just say some of these people, five. 10 years of their life left. What do you do? Right? That's a hard one. It's hard, but I think this needs to be brought up because otherwise it's all going to collapse as we know in in, in 13 years. You got any last notes, buddy? No, man. I think this is actually a really interesting um, reshaping of the idea and maybe a couple of ways that we can extend um, you know, the, the quality of life, you know, whether it's getting a part-time job, whether it's, you know, putting it back in your own hands, whether it's, <sighs> I think relying on your family, advisor, but, but even, yeah, relying on your family. Right? I, I like that. But you know, this whole concept of like, Oh, 
daddy government's got got my back. That, that's such a dangerous concept. It's weird, especially with the polarity going on right now. I just don't know why you would ever want to to trust any one politician, any one entity um, to, to take care of you. Uh, I don't know. I know. And one little last note here, because I just want to get your take on it. Oh gosh, am I going to get in trouble? No, I, I you're you're the perfect person. Just when I brought up the whole family like moving back in with your parents or whatever it may be, or having your parents move back in with you. Yep. I think I, you looked at me like, that's crazy. That, that's an absurd thing to say. But is it more crazy for them to do that than to rely on the government for the money? No. No. Exactly. No. I think I would rather my parents come to me than to say, oh, we're going to hope we get our money from daddy government. Mm-hmm. So when you put it in perspective, I think most Americans would say, yeah, of course. My parents, my brother, my sister, if they fall in hard times, I would ra- I would rather they come to me than some random government official that may treat them well. That's a good point. Right? And so it, we've we've kind of lost that whole family mechanism. I and I think we might we might want to fall back on that a little bit, I think. That's interesting. Yeah. I respect that. Okay, guys. Another really great episode. Thanks for listening in. Um, we really appreciate all of our listener listeners. Um, we are closing in. This is this is kind of crazy. Uh, I think we've mentioned this now a couple times. Just because me and Jared are super excited. We are closing in on a full year of episodes. That means 52 released episodes. I don't know how many other uh, podcasts ha- have a full year of episodes. I bet we are closing in probably top 20, top 30 percent of podcasts that actually do this consistently um it's hard you know we 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 have real jobs we have (laughs) we travel we have uh wives we We have have families yeah Yeah, we have things that we do and so um i think this is really cool that we've had to record on tuesdays on thursdays on saturdays on sundays hell in the morning sometimes (laughs) we have the mornings are rough because your day is screwed if you start drinking at 9 a.m three beers and it's not Sunday fun day. Yeah, uh, yeah we're, we're past the Sunday fun day. <laughs> <laughs> so appreciate you guys listening in. Um, I think this is a fun one to learn about Social Security. And I'm not saying we have a good answer here. I just think that there's more to it than what politicians lead you to I believe. would say the most wrong answer, and I hope that you glean this, and I think you would agree, I think I can talk for you on this one, is doing nothing. Bingo. 100%. We got to do something. Yep. See you guys.